0: You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you, Megan. Great psalm to be read and for the song that we sang, Living Hope, how many of that's the first time you sang that? I know it's the first time we, we sang that here, but uh, someone had sent that to me, I passed it on to Paul, so that's where I take any credit for that. But uh, what, sometimes you hear a song even for the first time, you think, that that is moving, that is a moving song, uh, the Living Hope. Well, Psalm 23, the most familiar psalm to most. And I think most likely to you, while all the Psalms are equally inspired and all of God's Word is equally inspired, it's all true, but there are some parts of God's Word that really connect with us. They're, they're more relevant to us where we live. They mean more, and so we turn there more often. And I think probably I recite this back to myself more than any psalm because it is so good, it is so powerful. So we've been over the last several weeks taking time to work our way through it. I think that just reading it and hearing it, it's beautiful, it's powerful, it's helpful, it's encouraging. But when you dive down like Paul was talking about and and study things out in more detail, it even becomes more rich and more helpful. And my prayer is that. This morning, and as we've been going through these different parts of this psalm and unpacking them, that this will be the same. And I think of this text as being one of the the all time great texts of all of Scripture. But the part we come to this morning is a little bit more challenging. We we begin by saying the Lord is my shepherd, and and I think literally it says I have everything that I need. Just now, that you may not feel that way, but that is the truth, and that will prove out to be the truth in your life. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. And of course, this is speaking of Jehovah God, and as we will see unfolding through the Scriptures, is the person of Christ Himself. But And as you read through, we sometimes romanticize because we've heard it so often, it just kind of flows off our lips and and we say it and say, it's so beautiful, he anoints my head with oil. Doesn't that sound beautiful? But if you were to, someone came up to me and said, I'm going to pour oil on your head. I don't think so. (laughs) I I mean, to me, I have no desire for someone to pour oil oil on my head, unless it really does grow hair. Um, that might be a possibility. There, there are other places in the Bible where, where you see Jesus washing feet. And we read that, and we see the spiritual application, the implications, and we think that's a wonderful thing. We learn a great lesson in servanthood. But I'm telling you this, that if someone washed my feet... I would feel very uncomfortable, just very awkward. <laughs> and I think sometimes when you take the—and and this this word is eternally true, but it was written in a time and place. Psalms was probably written during the latter part of David's life. It was written by a shepherd, a shepherd boy. We were introduced to him as a shepherd boy. Later on is the king of Israel, and Christ ascends from uh, David. Uh, so he, you're writing from that context. We're writing from a part of the world, the, the Mediterranean basin, or the Middle East as we know it. And this is 2,000 years ago. This is 1,000 years before the time of Christ. And so if I just read it without really trying to get context and culture, I might miss a lot or misinterpret. And so it's important whenever you study the Bible to, to have context and understand meaning. There's, there's one meaning of a verse. There are many applications. Um. Sometimes people, you get a little Bible study and people say, Well, what this means to me, well, whoa, 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 it only means one thing. Now, it's better to say, This is how it applies to me. This is how it helps me. This is how I translate that into my life. And so, my prayer is that today, as we, we talk about something that may seem a bit obscure, a bit weird, and a bit awkward, you anoint my head with oil that you'll see the great blessing that uh, David speaks about in this. So, anoint my head with oil. Let's unpack this a little bit. Oil, and we're not speaking of petroleum deposits, and that's probably, if you saw the, the, the news today, most of the wars in the Middle East are going over petroleum deposits, but we're speaking of what kind of oil do you think? Okay, olive oil, which comes from crushing olives. And when you crush them and uh, what comes from that is olive oil. And if if you refine it many, many times, it becomes virgin um, olive oil, which is not, it, it kind of loses its its effect, even though you may not smell the same. So olive oil, crushed olives, usually mixed with some spices and fragrances and additives, but it is a primary commodity in that region. So if we were to look at the, the Mediterranean basin or that part of the world of the Middle East, the three largest crops during this time and for, for hundreds and hundreds of years were grapes, where you get wine, olives, where you have the olives to eat, and olive oil and wheat. Those three, they were used in trade and bartering and and a person's wealth was really defined by how much they were able to produce in that way. So how do, how is olive oil used? And I think it's interesting just to, even today, to realize how olive oil, we, we sell, we buy it on the shelves, we don't use as much as some countries use, but uh, is used for fuel. It's used for lamps, to light a lamp. And so you see throughout the scripture where a lamp is lit, it's olive oil, candles. It's used with all kinds and various ways of food preparation and cooking. It's used as a cleanser, uh, used to make soaps. It's used as a lubricant, lotion for skin, for hair, for uh, various ointments and healing. It's used as medicine that has medicinal qualities to heal sores, sunburn, cracked skin. It's used as a refresher, uh, head, hands, feet, It it is used in perfumes and cosmetics. It is used in in, uh, lubricating machinery and tools. So uh, all of these things, and of course, when I say all that, you think, it sounds like one of those commercials, and wait, there's more. (laughs) Uh, But you think, boy, this is like the the, the miracle thing. But oil, this olive oil was so much a part of everyone's life. And, And this is what I love about Jesus and his teaching and about this psalm, because Jesus will always be referring back, is he always speaks to where people are living. This is what they use. This is what they understand. So when he talks about anointing and oil and wine and wheat, they live with that. They understand that. They, they know that. For us, we're trying to insert ourselves into a different time period, a different world, different customs, which is helpful and then to draw from that applications that we have today and then to your personal life, which which I, I do believe this, that this is the most practical, relevant book ever written. But the more you work at studying it, the more blessing comes your way. So the significance, I think, practically, and we're starting off with sheep because this is... This is how, when when David is speaking, he says, David the shepherd boy, now is king shepherding people. So this is his context, and he says, I have been a shepherd of sheep. I have been a shepherd king leading all of Israel. And in probably the lowest time of his life, as he's fleeing Jerusalem from Absalom, his son who is trying to take over the kingdom, at the lowest point of his life, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. So what he means is the same way, in the same way that I was caring for those sheep, leading them, protecting them, providing for them, feeding them, meeting all of their needs, watching them, never leaving them, in the same way, in the same way as I shepherd the kingdom, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. And so he is speaking, though, from his experience with sheep. So why does a shepherd pour oil, olive oil, on the head of a sheep? We talked a little bit about this fleeing of Jerusalem. David is fleeing Jerusalem and and really going down the mountain. And Jerusalem is at a high elevation, and as he is heading east He's going down this, this treacherous place. When you talk about the valley of the shadow of death, he's going through all of these, these places, the, the fords, all the way down to the Jordan River, which is about 3,000 feet in a drop, fleeing his son, crossing the river, and then heading up north to, to Mahanine. And this is this is a place where he has a table set before him in the presence of his enemies. His enemies help even set this table. But he's making reference to to where, same way with sheep, he, the leading sheep through valleys and dangers where we live, and up in the summertime to the mesa, the table, the table for the sheep. And this is where they find vegetation, they rest, and uh, this is the place they come. But it's typically when they're on these mesas, it's in the summertime, and there are flies. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you've ever been bugged by flies and mosquitoes and bugs, or have you ever gone camping and they're just like everywhere. But typically these flies and various kinds of bugs would just drive sheep to distraction. Um, they would work their way up their nostrils, and I don't want to try to get gross on this, but I mean they would work their way and get up into their up into their head, and the sheep would end up beating their heads against rocks and trees and, and each other and not be able to enjoy any of the lush green table that's set before them because of all of these distractions. I think the application, too, when you come to people is there are so many circumstances in life that drive us to distraction where we cannot enjoy life. We cannot enjoy the blessings of God. And the shepherd will take olive oil and and pour it over the top of the sheep's head, working it all around its eyes and nostrils and head, and, and sometimes completely cover the sheep. Uh, dousing that sheep with, with olive oil in a mixture that will help drive away um, those things. And, and this is what he is saying, this is it the same way that I would care for these sheep to anoint their heads with oil, to keep them from having all of these things just distracting them, frustrating them, making them miserable, the same way in my present circumstances, a human being, as a person, in my wilderness, the Lord is like that oil poured on my head to just settle me and calm me and refresh me. And this is what he is saying. So practically, for sheep, uh, it helps them at, be at peace. With people, there are so many ways that uh, it is used. Now, typically, for those travelers, and, and we see this throughout the Scriptures, is that Oil would be used to wash feet, and that's because typically they they'd wear sandals, and they bathe, you know, I don't know if that's once a day. But I'm sure they they bathe um, less often than they wash their feet. So if you go into someone's home, typically they'll they'll put out a basin that was the foot washing, and then they would take the oil, and and wipe it over the feet, which would help with the cracked skin, with any kind of sores. Uh, it helps with sunburn. So feet, hands, and head. So the hair, the face. So a person would wash their face, and you know how it, uh, sorry about that. Lost my mic there. You know how it feels when, and I, I do this a lot, when I'm, I've been working outside or going to the gym, I'll just go and get some cold water and just put it in my face, and if I'm really hot, I'll just put my head under the water. So you're out working in the yard. So this is typically like washing up, but then when you're done, you take that olive oil and, and you'll read in scriptures when it talks about their face, faces were shining. <laughs> and this is typically you put, it's like a lotion to heal up the skin, the sunburn, and it just is refreshing. There's a fragrance that is with the olive oil. So it's not just refreshing and medicinal and helpful. It is like, I just feel a lot better. My hands, my feet, my head have been washed. Now, that's the, just practically the, the, the use that every person knew in that culture with sheep and with people. Olive oil is used in many ways. But the Bible is so rich with symbolism and metaphor. And this is what this whole psalm is when he says, the Lord is my shepherd. There's metaphor. He's drawing a picture. He's making an application. And oil all through Scripture, makes reference, not every time, but often to God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And we'll see this developed more fully in the New Testament when Jesus explains it. But even in the Old Testament, you see the Spirit of God often mentioned with outpouring or pouring out or with oil or with these types of things. So uh, Galatians chapter 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, what is, what is like the fruit of the vine or the fruit of an olive? Uh, the fruit, the evidence of that, you take an olive, you squeeze it, what comes out? And it says, for the believer, a follower of Jesus, the fruit of God's Spirit at work in us is love, joy, and peace. Those are the first three of nine. Love, joy, and peace. So, Symbolically and spiritually, when the Lord anoints my head, my life, with the oil of His Spirit, what He brings is not just driving away physical bugs, but bringing into my life in the midst of my wilderness joy and peace and love. And I would say, I would would add, defining those, contentment. So it is possible in this world that is so full of evil, so full of distraction, so full of frustration, for the Lord to calm me and refresh me and and help me with the oil of His Spirit. And we'll see that introduced, of course, as we get to the New Testament. So what about anointing? Because he's saying we're anointing. And typically when someone says, well, we're going to anoint you with oil, I'm thinking, this is getting weird, <laughs> Um, what are they going to do? <clears throat> and I'm sure you'd probably feel that way too because we're just not used to this, but anointing someone's head with oil was a common practice. And the very first time for David he was introduced to this is in 1 Samuel chapter 16. And you don't need to turn there, but I think for it to get context from the writer, his experience about his head being anointed with oil, this is what happened to David. If you've read through the history of the kings and the Jews. Uh, Saul was the first king, and he was rejected. He disobeyed God. God gave him every chance to be able to succeed, but he chose to disobey God. And God says, I'm going to raise up a new king. And here's how he described him. He will be a man after my own heart. That's David, a man after God's own heart. Well, what what a wonderful description. Is a man after my own heart, and so Samuel, who was the prophet, was to go and find this new king this he didn 't know who he was, but he says he's one he uh, 's a son of jesse well jesse didn't have one son he had eight <laughs> and so uh, it 's really to me a, a great story in chapter sixteen of first Samuel, and you read about the story, so he heads. To Bethlehem to to meet Jesse, and uh, he's there on business. <laughs> he is there with his oil, and he is going to anoint the next king, which is a is a symbolic uh, communication to not only the person but to everyone else. So he gets there and. He sees the oldest son. Well, obviously, it's going to be the oldest son. Back, back then, the oldest son was like, he got twice as much as everybody else. I mean, it's like the oldest son. And, and, and he goes to him, and, and what the Lord says, don't look at him at his height of his stature or his countenance because I've refused him. I'm not, I'm not choosing him. This is in verse 7. It says, do not look at his appearance or his stature because I have rejected him. That's nothing wrong with Eliab, who is the oldest. He says, humans do not see the way the Lord sees. For humans see what is visible, but the Lord sees the heart. So the Lord says, I'm going to choose a king after my own heart. Not because this guy's tall and he's handsome and he's a great leader and he's got all the things like that. I'm going to choose, I'm going to choose someone. So it wasn't Eliab or number two or number three or number four. And they go right on down the line, until so he hit number seven, and Samuel, and the Lord says, not him, not him, not him, not him, not him. <laughs> so Samuel's done with number seven and says, well, do you have any more sons? Well, we get the youngest kid. He's out there watching the sheep. So you can see how shepherding is looked at. I mean, it's a very important thing, but, but the youngest guy has the assignment to be 24-7 out there with the sheep. And this is David. He's, he's very young. And he says, go get him. And uh, then the Lord said, this is, this is uh, in verse 12, so Jesse sent for him, and it says he came, and it says, the Lord said, anoint him, for he is the one. So Samuel took the, the horn of oil, so you'd have like a, it's a horn that is uh, filled with oil, and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David from that day forward. Notice how that he anointed, physical, he put oil on his head, he anointed him, and it says, and, and the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David. Now, we call this a, uh, an anointing for an office. and in, in the Old Testament, prophets, priests, and kings were anointed. Which you're going to find that we get into the New Testament that every single person who puts their faith in Jesus comes under that category of receiving the Holy Spirit and being anointed of God. And I'll, I'll explain that in a moment. But this is, this is very important. He anoints, he anoints him, the significance of uh, communicating to them. It identifies, the anointing identifies, so you pour oil on the head of a sheep. You can see that that sheep has oil on its head. So there's an identity. And that shepherd is saying that that sheep belongs to me. So, when we have the Holy Spirit, we, when we receive that as salvation, that is the evidence that we belong to the Lord. And I and I I've thought about this a lot. You know, when you when you think of a day with orphans and and Africa is just full of kids that are orphans. Kids that grow up, they don't even know who their mom or dad were. People estranged from families. You have people that go through divorce and broken homes and divided this and that. And what this is so powerful and beautiful because that's the physical world we live in. It's very painful. And David was going through a very broken family, very painful in his family. But in this anointing, it's like the Lord is saying, when I anoint you, you're mine. You're mine. You are my possession. And David enjoys the fact, enjoys that very fact. So the shepherd, he protects, he feeds, he leads, but he also blesses. And, and, and this anointing with oil is, is blessing, the blessing and approval of God upon us. So what the Holy Spirit does, the Holy Spirit is doing a great work in our lives. The anointing comes... Upon our lives on on the head, I think why why is the head chosen? Um, he, David is a young boy um, he doesn't he doesn 't have any reason to to be called on except God chose him, and that 's the same way when God anoints us, God chooses us to be his own. There is nothing we do to deserve that uh, it 's of our own. God's own choosing, that He has loved us, that Christ has died for you, that He has offered you eternal life, that He makes you His own. And He is showing His value of you in this very act. In John 14, uh, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes, and He, and he, he describes in many ways what He does. He, he protects us, He leads us, He guides us, He, he helps us. He's like the shepherd. He's like the 24-7 shepherd you have is the Holy Spirit. Okay, and this shepherd takes care of everything, eating, drinking, resting, bugs, flies, um, everything, conflict. He takes care of it, and he pours oil over your head, which is symbolic of not only the, the anointing and God's choosing, but his blessing. Oil is it's called the oil of gladness. You see this all through the Psalms. The oil of gladness. The oil of gladness. So that is the fruit of the Spirit is joy and peace and thanksgiving and praise to God. That's why Christians, I'm not saying they're always happy about every circumstance, but they have a, a joy and a peace that the world doesn't know because of the shepherd. And the way he shows that and confirms that is by anointing. In Luke chapter four, this is uh, in the New Testament, and I know we're jumping a lot around, but uh, it Jesus talking about Jesus. It said he came to Nazareth, that's his hometown where he grew up, and it says as usual he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it says this. So Jesus reading, you got all of the Pharisees and religious people around. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim good news. Release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, as you listen, this Scripture has been fulfilled. Now, he's reading out of Isaiah and that scroll was, the original writing of that was 700 years before Jesus. Isn't that amazing? I mean, and that's, that's documented. We, you've heard of the, maybe of the Dead Sea Scrolls they uncovered and, and dated them 200 years before Christ. These are just copies of that. 700 years, though, when it was written. 700 years pass. He reads this and he says, this today, this is fulfilled. What is fulfilled? That... The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, and He has anointed me to preach good news. And what is the good news? That Jesus came into this world. He loved you. He died on the cross for your sins. He was buried. He rose again, and He offers to you eternal life. And if you just believe, you may have salvation, eternal life. And He becomes your shepherd. (laughs) He is the good shepherd. We've talked about that in previous messages that... The Jehovah God of the Old Testament is what Jesus says He is when He says, I am the Good Shepherd. I am Jehovah. So the Lord is providing this for every believer. In Psalm 133, it, it, uh, we, we read this passage. And this, uh, sometimes, you know, when I used to read this, I'd, I'd think, this is really kind of, I don't really completely understand this. It's, um, But I want you to just listen to this. How good, it says, how good, this is David writing, how good and how pleasant, how, in other words, how joyful, how glad it is when brothers live together in harmony. It is like fine oil on the head. Now, that's where the analogy breaks out. What a Fine oil on the head. <laughs> okay, I'm going to watch this. I'm not going to participate. But David is, is, is describing joy and happiness and unity and harmony and gladness and celebration. He said, you know what it's like? It's like having oil poured all over your head, running down the beard, he said, and down Aaron's beard, who is the the, uh, high priest, and onto his robes. He said, it's like the dew of Hermon, which is the tallest mountain in the region, that gets all the snow and the moisture and then all... Mount Hermon is in the north, and so all of the, the snow moisture comes on Mount Hermon and then through the rivers flows down and fills the valleys. You know, the Middle East is a pretty dry and arid climate. This is a pretty dry and arid world we live in. You live in a pretty dry and arid life. But, but God's blessing, God's pouring out is like... God pouring out on Mount Hermon and just flowing all these rivers through her life. He said it's like pouring oil on your head and just dripping down your beard and all over your clothes. (laughs) It's just like God is pouring out gladness. God is pouring out goodness. And see, David is using this illustration when he is going through the most painful, difficult time of his life. That's what's so beautiful about this passage. In James chapter 5, another passage you may look at when it talks about when you're sick and you're discouraged and you're in despair, it says, call for the elders of the church, the spiritual leaders of the church, and let them come and pray over you and anoint your head with oil. Now we don't typically do that because that's not a custom here, but I think it has both medicinal and helpful things, but it's refreshing. This was like We're giving our blessing. We're praying for you. And we're designating you as the object of our prayer. We're going to the Lord and we're we're asking God for this. You find this language all through the Scriptures. So why the head? Well, the the head of the sheep is really where the problem is with most of the bugs. (laughs) It's around the head. But the head affects everything else. Place of primary attacks, but in a practical sense, even for us, the head is, is the center of, of, of what we do, and when, when my head is right, usually, other, even I can make, have to make some pains in my life, but when my head's right, life is going to be better. When I'm thinking right, I'm usually acting right. You anoint my head with oil, and this is what he has announced All of these things that the Spirit does, comforts, fills, shows possession, sanctifies us, sets us apart, shows approval, pours out His blessing in our wilderness experience. So that is the application. We don't live with sheep, most of us. We don't anoint with oil. We don't use oil like they used it. But understand this, that oil is like the Holy Spirit poured out on you when you believe upon Jesus, His presence is with you 24-7 like that shepherd. So when you go back to the first verse, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. Wow. And it's not just you have three meals a day, He's watching, protecting you, He's leading you where you go. He is filling you with gladness. The oil and the joy of gladness. Not Because of your circumstances, in spite of those, he gives you the oil of gladness. Now, it is hard when you're on the run in the valley, people are pursuing you, things are going wrong, bugs are flying all around. It is hard to be joyful. It is hard to be at peace. It is hard to have contentment. But when we recognize he's there, he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. How do you come, how do I come, practically, to live this way? When, when I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, when I'm going for, through the fjords, when I am, when I am up on the, the table and I, enemies are around me, when I have bugs flying around me, how can, how can I have peace and contentment? And, and it is by learning through your daily study of God's Word, what we've been talking about. That's why I challenge you. You know, I I hope that Sunday's an encouragement to you. I hope that when you hear a sermon or from me or from anyone else, that it encourages you. But you need this every day because your challenges are every day and bugs are flying around your head every day. And so when you can consistently be in God's Word and study it out, you start to let it settle in and then exercise your faith by saying, Lord, I'm going to believe that today. I'm going to trust in that. Then you can have a table set before you in the presence of your enemies walk through the valley of the shadow of death in the midst of all of that have joy and contentment and peace. It's, it's, it's kind of like this. It's moving from the way I feel to what I know. For David, here's what it looked like. Here's how I feel. I'm a failure. I'm such an absolute failure. I've lost my son. I've lost my family. I've lost my home. I've lost my kingdom. I've lost my influence. I've lost my reputation. I have nothing left. I'm traveling out of my home area barefoot, my head covered and weeping as he goes. This This is how he felt. This is how he felt. He was weeping as he went on this trip. But he spoke truth back to himself. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. And that everything includes what to eat, what to drink, your protection, your shade to lie down, your rest, and your your joy. Isn't that great? I mean, and for the believer, just like the shepherd anoints his sheep, the Holy Spirit anoints you, your head. Your, you belong to him. He's taken care of you. It's visible. You feel it. You're refreshed. Thank you, Lord. And I need that every single day of my life. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the, just the wonderful blessing of reading this psalm. Lord, it's beautiful in its simplicity and as beautiful as we study out the meaning. And I pray that we would experience the same joy that David did of Your Spirit, of that oil poured out over us, and Your great love. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.